go ahead, lay it on us. Your Wikipedia entry, Brad Teeson. You go to Wikipedia, type in Brad Teeson. What's it say? Uh, as short-lived as it was, I'd probably say former goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> uh, Western Canadian born and uh, maybe Northeastern University, something in there. Okay, anything about the white kids? Anything like that? Uh, <laughs> maybe second sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Monsters I View podcast. We are presented by our friends at PropSwap. More on them in just a second. But it's episode nine. We're essentially time traveling at this point, Nicole. Nine episodes means 18 weeks of this season has come and gone. But uh, so happy to have our guest, Brad Teeson, joining us. Blue Jackets goaltending development coach, longtime monster, uh, player, coach. He's done a lot of things in the organization. Once in a while, he's a broadcaster, yeah. too. But uh, alongside Nicole Del Villano, my co-host, Tony Brown here with you. We'll get to Tease in a minute. Let's start with just a couple of things happening with the Monsters right now, Nicole. First of all, the team uh, playing, you know, some of their, their better hockey in recent yeah. weeks here lately, but still kind of hung up. They're in the midst of an eight-game losing streak right now, tying a franchise record after a couple of losses to Hershey last weekend. We're recording this, just full disclosure, on February the 9th. So just coming off a uh, an overtime loss, 3-2 to Chicago last night at home, capping a long homestand. Hoping to get back on the schneid, on the road. Uh, but some really big news I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. Um Trey Fix-Wolanski, of course, a guy who's beloved by Monster fans, recently got his first NHL call-up. And uh, if you don't know by now, you're not following along on Twitter. Just wrote a perfect story. (laughs) It was great. He's an Edmonton native, so his folks, uh, he he was called up. He was going to play in Washington against the Capitals. His folks had enough time to get a flight all the way from Edmonton to D.C., and then he scores a goal. That was unreal. It was great to watch, honestly. And, you know, so we obviously had our game last night, too, so it was trying to multitask and I know we were just so excited to see it. We talk about it later in the podcast, but yeah, he's just faced so many challenges, adversity, and to just be able to see him get a goal, get a goal in front of his parents, the video of his mom crying. It's just, <laughs> it's all, uh, it's great. It's great to see when that happens. And, and you know, Fixie, of course, is a guy that believes in himself and, mm-hmm. and you know, he's a seventh round draft choice. So it's no sure thing that yeah. you're going to find your way to the NHL, but he's always a guy with a lot of confidence and, and, you know, it just didn't surprise me to see him score a goal on that stage because it's the kind of player he is. Wherever yeah. he's playing, what it, whatever opportunity he's got, he makes the most of it. So that was really cool. I just thought yeah. we should highlight that right off the top. In addition to that, in uh, last night's game against Chicago, a couple of milestones for a guy who's collecting milestones I at this know. point. Justin Scott played in his 300th career game all for the Monsters, a mm-hmm. franchise record, and notched his, what, 100th career AHL point yeah. as he had a couple of assists. So, Mr. Monster, Mr. Milestone. I know. He kept us real busy on social last night. So, that was great. He loved, loved seeing it happen, and he's a great guy. So, you know, you know, he got a lot of cheers from the fans, and, uh, you know, Mark Letestu gave a little joke that the team was just constantly standing up and having to <laughs> having to celebrate a milestone for him, but it was, it was great to see it happen. Yeah, and let's not forget about his contributions on the ice in that game yes. too. The Monsters without a couple of key players in Brendan Gaunt's their top scorer and then also Fixie, also Liam Foodie's mm-hmm. out. It's been a struggle scoring goals and, and Scotty's just been one of those guys who can plug in anywhere in the forward group and he gets the job done. I thought he was really good last night. He did great. Stepped up a lot of them, you know, stepped up a lot. You see people like Gaunt's and Fix and you know, you said Foodie out and everything that it just seems like you never really know where it's going to go but the team played well last night. They all stepped up and really sort of contributed there. 
Yeah, and it's not a win, but it is yeah. something to build on against one of the best teams in the league in Chicago, heading into what's going to be a tough weekend in Utica against literally the best team in the AHL this year. By the way, uh, folks, we mentioned at the top, the Monsters Eye View podcast is presented by PropSwap. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here, and Prop Swappers are cashing in. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, a loyalty rewards program that turns your sales into extra bonus cash, and much more. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. With that, we'll take a break. When we come back, Brad Teeson joins us. The fans called him Brick Wall Brad back mm-hmm. in the day. Now, uh, the Blue Jackets call him their goaltending development coach. So he was uh, kind enough to take a few minutes. We'll listen into a great conversation with a great guy. Brad Teeson is up next on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. Tease, I guess let's just start with your transition this year, right? I mean, after trying to uh, leave your playing days behind you for a few seasons, you've you've done it this year as uh, the Blue Jackets uh, goaltending development coach on a full-time basis. So, uh, you know, what's it felt like to finally sort of see your playing days in the rearview mirror and, and transition to a different phase in your career within the industry? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good transition. I think the last three years, like you said, of being a player coach has kind of made it a soft landing not as uh, kind of abrupt as maybe uh, some players are used to just going straight from playing to not playing. I had it kind of on my mind for a while now and be able to transition and not jumping into the unknown. I've had you know the opportunity to be in the coach's room, be in meetings, be in things like that where I'm not stepping into something where you're, you're kind of dipping your toes in the water and not feeling comfortable in that situation. You know, I've been given such a great opportunity the last three years to play kind of both sides of the fence and now to jump into it full uh, with both feet in now it's been a great transition we got a you know a great staff here a young staff so that's been and really good for us to all kind of learn and grow together and then also this is the first year I've been kind of on the scouting side of things too so it gives me uh, something that I've, I you know I haven't been a part of before and you know I've, I've enjoyed doing that as well I wanted to ask you a little bit just about you know it's not just you it's your family right I mean it's your wife it's your kids you, you can't have a career in this business and have a family and not have everyone be sort of on board right mm-hmm. and rowing in the same direction I know they've been a great source of support for you throughout your playing days but they must like having you around the house a little bit more these days right how's that whole uh, transition going off the ice and away from the game yeah it's a little different I mean the kids uh, still would like to see dad playing in the net but it's uh, it's been fun you know especially the last three years as they kind of grew up um, that was important for me to be able to to play while they were still well, as they were able to kind of remember that hopefully uh, down the road they'll be able to be able to have some of those memories of, of dad playing in net but now you know being on the coaching side of things and and not traveling on the road but doing some scouting trips here and there it's been uh, nice to be involved in their hockey the boys hockey there and and Aubrey with with everything that she's got going on at home running the running the roost so <laughs> it's been a good transition for them and my wife's been great through through the whole thing she's the rock of the house so she keeps things in line whether I'm there or not um so you know last summer you officially announced the retirement like you said you were doing player coaching and everything but how were like the emotions for you with that like is it something that you had started so many seasons as a coach and then ended up back in net that like officially announcing it was just like another thing or did you have any emotions tied with that the the emotions for me were the last game that I knew I was going to play last year that was tough it was uh you know it was kind of planned it had 
fans and, and not a lot of guys get that. I think it was kind of cool that I was able to know that was probably the last time I was going to be in the net and you know the game didn't, didn't go as well as I would like but it was it was just being able to go through that day and that experience of knowing that was going to be the last time and just kind of go through all that uh, emotionally was, was was tough but it was good experience and then you know I didn't think it was going to be you know that that emotional but when I did you know officially announce that I was retired just the just the outgoing of support and messages and people from past years and, and uh, people have been part of my hockey journey uh, right from when I started back in minor hockey just to hear from all of them again and kind of reminisce and go through all that was you know was fun and it was also just provide some closure for that that part of my career in life yeah that's the word I was going to use is closure I mean a lot of guys have to seek that once mm -hmm. they're done playing you sort of have to figure out what life looks like now without right. something that you've leaned on for a decade more than a decade in a lot of cases but you got to get that closure sort of on the ice in the middle of the game where you've spent so much time uh, so that had to be great for you but you know just in in broad general terms like Give me a few things you really miss about playing, but then give me a few things you don't miss that you're happy you don't have to do anymore. Because yeah. let's be honest, it's a grind. Yeah. And uh, in the American League, there are probably some bus trips you're, you're happy you're not on. So give us some things you miss, some things you don't miss. Yeah, I think uh, just in the summertime, like I, I always love training, but once you get to my age and, and older, it takes a little bit more to get the body going again. And, <laughs> and then as, as your family grows, like there's so many more activities and things that the kids are involved in. So just the time commitment of trying to get yourself ready for a season and, and not just ready but ready to a point where you want to be able to to know that you're ready and not just kind of put in a half an effort when when uh, you're training and things like that so I don't miss the the training part of things uh gearing up just to get on the ice but obviously you miss the competition you miss yeah. you know game day when the, when the butterflies are going and to be able to step on the ice with the team around you and be in that locker room and, and know that you guys are all going into battle together you miss stepping on the ice with the crowd the adrenaline that comes with with those moments the wins the losses those are uh, definitely something that you don't you don't get get it yeah. anymore so I'm curious about the transition from player to coach especially this season and this moment you know we're on a bit of a streak right now where we're losing so how is that for you as a coach you know when you're a player you're in the room with the guys after those games like immediately after and you guys are all talking about it but how have you transitioned into trying to help coach them out of that I mean it's the same in the coach's room I mean you you feel the emotions of wins and losses and I think for coaches it's super important to not show those emotions to the to the locker room because those guys feed off that whether it's too high or too low and I, I think back of some of my experiences of different coaches where you know when you win they're acting like they're on the top of the world and everything's great and if you lose it's you know the end of the world as well just to be able to try and be even keeled come to them with you know what they're doing well what they're not doing well how we're gonna win games prepare them each day for that yeah it, it's just it's different because the the staff is obviously isn't as big as a locker room but mm -hmm. we, we feel the the uh, the highs and lows and the emotion of, of the games as well we're talking here with Brad Brad Thiessen, uh, Blue Jackets goaltending development coach and longtime Monsters goaltender. Uh, it's the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here and PropSwappers are cashing in. Find the best odds on PropSwap when you buy directly from other bettors. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app. So thanks to our friends at PropSwap. Uh, Brad, uh, let's keep with the coaching just for a minute. Tell, tell me... Okay, uh, I wanted to ask you this about coaching, but also about as you've dipped your toe into the broadcasting uh, side of the industry a little bit too, helping us out on our telecasts. Um, talk about a fun thing, something that you're really enjoying in the coaching process and in broadcasting too, and then uh, maybe an unexpected challenge or something that you've encountered that you've had to sort of figure your way out of or figure your way through mm -hmm. on both sides, uh, coaching and broadcasting. What do you got? Yeah, for, for coaching, I think it's just 
seeing these guys, you know, put in the work and have it translate into, you know, their results and in the games you know there's so much behind the scenes so much work that these guys do whether it be video or on the ice in practice and, and maybe you're really trying to hone in on on something in their game that they've been struggling with or, or whatever and being able to kind of help them through that and be able to see it translate into into the games is is an exciting uh, part as a coach to be able to help them with it yeah, yeah yeah for sure it's uh, something that you know you as a coach and and uh, you're you know, student or whatever as a player kind of experience that and, and see the aha moment or whatever when they when they put that together on the ice. Coaching or, uh, you know, something that's been different, I, w- I would point to the scouting side of my role and uh, just even going into different ranks or junior ranks or whatever and not knowing where to go or <laughs> where to sit or, uh, you know, we went to the Holinka tournament, which is uh, under 18 uh, kind of world championship kind of thing um, in Slovakia in the summertime. And it's a big, big event for a lot of the scouts to go to there's two different spots where the games are at so i think columbus had maybe six or eight scouts that were over there for the tournament but um you kind of choose which rink you're going to for the day and six six of the seven of them wanted to go to one rink and i was like i'm i'm going to watch this other game of the other rink so i was on my own and, and you look <laughs> around and and the scouting community is a, a little bit older i would say as a lot of established uh people who, who uh, are in the scouting world and and they are it's a lot of uh you know almost an old boys club kind of oh, feels yeah. like so mm-hmm. once you kind of jump in and, and know someone then you start to work your way around but me being a new guy and i'm sitting by myself in the stands and looking around and not knowing anyone or, or where to go and i'm in the czech republic so it was uh you know those are, are different experiences that have been challenging but but a fun kind of challenging because you're learning new things and and uh, being a part of that for the first time so. i can tell you you know just working in different leagues and stuff and going to different buildings i've had that feeling yeah. many a time <laughs> at least you don't have gear you got to haul up to the yeah, perch wherever the heck it is but yeah, that uh, is nice yeah i've gone up the wrong ladder a time or two uh, in my days that's for sure uh, but let, let's speaking of broadcasting let's talk about that because it's had it's been a lot of fun to work with you in that dimension here of course you were always willing and generous with your time as, as a player but you know it, it was fun to see in the lead analyst chair uh, at the beginning of the year i know we've had some covid cancellations of some telecasts mm-hmm. and stuff we were hoping to have more games on tv this season but just speaking personally it's been fun to add you to the mix so uh tell us how that whole thing is treating you and how you're settling in there and getting comfortable and and maybe something that has surprised you about that side of the business yeah no first i appreciate your uh, letting me spread my wings in in (laughs) in that area because you know obviously over the last six or seven years i've been here with the i remember we did some radio stuff you know what was it three four years ago and you've been always uh welcoming me into that opportunities and and every opportunity that the i've kind of come forth to the monsters that they've always been super accommodating and, and willing to help us in in any ways which is uh, definitely a strength of the organization here but for me growing up like i was a big big like sports talk radio guy always listening to to sports on the radio uh growing up um, vancouver canucks fan listening to to games on the old am fm discman or whatever they <laughs> call back in the day the old walkman the old yeah. walkman yeah so you're turning the dial trying to catch just the the perfect uh tune to be able to, to listen to the game and i remember going to to bed at night and and throwing it underneath my pillow so my parents didn't know i'd be listening to the games <laughs> till but some of the great broadcasters back in the day jim robson is a hall of famer back in vancouver uh, jim hewson and now john shortelson some of the you know legends of of calling games and uh it was just uh always a passion of mine to try and you know be in broadcast and be in media 
I uh, went to Northeastern for, for journalism and, and uh, did some writing and stuff there. And I just, I love sports and I love being able to try and teach and talk talk to people about it. So being able to have that experience is, is fun. I think, you know, the, the hard thing is sometimes you get a, a thought in your mind and you're trying to explain it and you know you got to be wrapping it up and, <laughs> and you still, you know, you, you can't find the perfect way to be able to try and uh, tie that thought up before you got to get out and get out of the way. So it's uh, sometimes that's, that's a little bit challenging. Listen, if anyone's getting out of the way, it's me, because uh, you and Jock have it covered a lot of the time. But uh, no, it's been it's been fun, and it's I just think it's interesting to see you know especially players. You guys see when you're playing just sort of like one angle mm-hmm. on the industry, and this industry goes way beyond one thing. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people in a lot of different roles, and so I, I like that you guys get to see you know maybe not just broadcasting, but even the front office side of things, mm-hmm. or just all the people that have to you know pour themselves into this to get the end result, which is that right. great game night atmosphere and that great experience for the fans but it's been fun sort of pulling back the curtain for you a little bit there Tease, and not to mention you've been doing a heck of a job so so outside of coaching and all your broadcast experience and everything I want to go back to your player years so if you had to pick you know one or two of your top memories of when you were playing what Mm -hmm. would they be definitely uh, my first NHL game that was, uh, you know, a special moment, and, and was able to have my dad there. Uh, my one of my brothers flew out. My wife, which was she was my fian- girlfriend, fiance at the time. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> she came out from Boston. My brother was, or uh, yeah, my brother was there. My cousin was there, and just skating on the ice for the first time, and uh, knowing that you, you had made it, come so far, and be able to play in the NHL, which is obviously the dream of all of hockey players uh, when you're growing up. First goal that I gave up was Rick Nash, so it's <laughs> cool to be able to tell him that now. Now working with him, and obviously our, our oldest son, his name is Nash, so it's uh, you know a fun story for, for us to be able to tell. But other than than that. And being in the NHL, back in Wilkes-Barre, we were part of a, a team that came back from a 3-0 deficit in the second round uh, against Providence, and, and I was able to, to have a hand in, in coming back from that. So to be a part of history um, in, the, in that um, instance was, was a lot of fun. And here in Cleveland, for me, obviously the Calder Cup, um, being a part of that season, um, was fun, you know, an experience I'll never forget. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I played during that season. I didn't obviously didn't play in the playoffs, so I can't can't speak to that. But my first year as a player coach, when when uh, you know I kind of was thrown in near the end of the season, and we went on a run to to make it into the playoffs, and then knock out Syracuse in the first round was you know probably my favorite memory of, of playing here in Cleveland. Just the, it was you know a month month and a half of of just like nonstop play. And, and you're fighting for your life every game and we were able to squeak in on the last day of the year and then and then go up against Syracuse and take them out was uh, you know that was that was a lot of fun and, and uh, an experience I won't forget yeah it was definitely great you know you sort of start on the crest of the wave there and just yeah. kind of ride it and see how far it'll take you so that was cool and you know I get a lot of uh, crap from people about bringing up the Calder Cup all the time <laughs> which is deserved but uh, you know you mentioned you, you played during that season let's just go there because mm. you know the way I remember it I've talked to a lot of people that were there the way they remember it you saved that season in February <laughs> when both goaltenders were unavailable and you stepped in and uh, won goaltender of the month in the AHL I think it was it was February February, mm-hmm. right, of 2016. And without that, I don't think the Monsters make the playoffs that year. So maybe put yourself back in that that spot and take us through what was going through your mind as you were able to patch together what was a very dicey time for that team that year. Yeah, it's funny because that, that season, like in my mind, that was going to be my last season of hockey because it was, you know, the year before had been, you know, I played in Adirondack with the Flames. It was just a, one of those years that it just wasn't fun to come to the rink anymore. And, yeah. and I was, you know, seriously thinking about not playing anymore. But 
I was a Canadian and I couldn't stay in the States <laughs> if I didn't have a green card. So I knew I needed to play for one more year to go through that process of, of getting the green card, but I didn't have a great season the year before. So knowing that and knowing that I would probably have to spend some time in the ECHL that season, you know, I talked to, to Bill Zito and, and he said, Hey, like we have, you know, we need a guy for, you know, call up situations in Cleveland, but you'll be in Cincinnati. I had, Nash was six months old at the time, I think. So we didn't you know if I was going to be a situation where I was going to get called up back and forth, I wanted to be somewhere where it was within driving distance. So Cincinnati kind of fit that bill. And I, and I kind of, in my mind before the year, just knowing that it might be my last season, I was just going to have fun. I was just going to, you know, whatever happened, you know, I, I rode the ride and, and done the thing. And, and uh, this was going to be the last hurrah. And going in Cincinnati for the first half of that season, that's what it was. Like I was having a great time just playing hockey again, being around the guys, enjoying the experiences and to be able to get called up, get thrust into, you know, a role where I needed they needed me to play a lot that that was uh, a special time um, in that February and again like I said before with with playing at the end of that other season and making it into the playoffs it was just uh, you know I knew I had the net and I was going to play every night and just kind of got into the rhythm where drawing back on past experiences and and knowing that I could play at that level and and uh, you know we had a good team a, a lot of good people on that team and, and and it was a lot of fun to be here and, and I remember being in that month of February and playing really well and then both goalies came back and and winning the player of the or the goal of the month award and Bill Zio, you know, coming to me and be like, I, I know you had the goalie of the month and, you know, you played really well, but we got to send you back to Cincinnati because <laughs> our other two guys are ready again. So I had to go back down and, and uh, do that thing again. But it was, uh, you know, just a great experience to be a part of. Okay. So knowing, you know, you been hockey your whole career the ups and the downs and all those feelings now obviously your kids are getting older and they're starting to play and I think is one of them in the he's just starting to get into being a goalie too uh, he throws the pads on every <laughs> once in a while we're not gonna <laughs> say he's getting into via goalie <laughs> but what's like that like um coming from a position as a dad knowing everything you went through and just seeing them maybe starting to follow in the hockey life also yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's it's cool to see them you know have the joy of playing in the game practicing putting the gear on playing outside and on the ponds and things like that right now during the winter time and just enjoying it it's been a great experience and I'm, I'm thankful I can be a part of things and just watch and help them learn the lessons that I was able to learn by just being a part of a team and you know the values of hard work and perseverance and things like that and you know they're having a great time with their friends on the ice and, and playing and just exploring playing hockey and and uh, all that comes with it so it's fun it's, it's hard sometimes not to get too uh, invested in what they're doing <laughs> and, and uh, realize that they're you know five and seven years old and, and uh, hockey's supposed to be fun and get too wrapped up in that but it's been a good experience so far you know one more quick one before we move into a shootout but you mentioned that you were saying earlier like they'd love to still see you in that but mm -hmm. do you notice them sort of picking up this year especially that you're home more and around on the weekends when you would be traveling sometimes yeah they do um they're always they're always wanting to know what the monsters are doing out there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they want they wake up in the morning they want to know what the score was and, and how things went in the game and you know even last Last night they, they follow the Blue Jackets too and with Fix Walansky scoring a goal last night they were super excited to, to see that and so they're they're big fans and they, they always want to know what's going on. Yeah I mean that was uh, you mentioned it let's just touch on that for a minute. I mean we've seen over the years lots of guys get called up and mm -hmm. they get their first their big NHL moment and all that but that was something else for yeah. Fixie last night. His folks made the trip from Edmonton mm -hmm. you know he scores against his childhood idol as his dad was saying I saw yeah. on Twitter you know uh, you know well the, at least Ovechkin's team 
mean, regardless, uh, that was that was really cool to watch. I think for a lot of monster fans. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about you know before the fulfillment of of watching or uh, you know being a coach, and and that's one of the things is when guys from Cleveland get that call and get that chance and to be around Fixie for the last three or four years and the adversity that he's gone through, mm-hmm. you know, going through surgery and and uh, messing his knee up, making it all the way back and have that moment for himself last night, like it, it's. Uh, you know, you're not his parent, but you're proud for him yeah. and for what he did and, and, and gone through that journey. So super excited to see that. And I feel like sometimes NHL fans, you know, these players show up and they're like, oh, they're on our yeah. team now. You know, and you forget there's like oh, a he's whole, ours. There's a whole <laughs> journey that they've yeah. gone through. And, and uh, that's what makes the AHL really special to me, I think, mm-hmm. is, you know, there, there are guys that are in a million different situations. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this league allows them to sort of do whatever they need to do, navigate whatever they need to navigate to get to what their goal was the entire time and so there's like this shared enjoyment when that happens I feel like. And our so. fans and their support and investment in these players too. I know when yeah. we played that his goal last night mm-hmm. on the Humongotron during the game it yeah. was you could tell in the crowd everyone was super excited yeah. for him saw the bench was happy and everything so it was definitely uh, definitely a nice moment to yeah, see. It was great. So Tease now uh, I'm going to throw it over to Nicole. This okay. is our signature segment on the podcast. Okay. Every podcast needs a signature right. segment. So this is called the shootout. It's three rounds. Uh, you've seen a few of these in your day but uh you know it's sort of a quick hitter thing she'll throw out some questions for you but if you'd like to elaborate feel free but nicole take it away all right so first one um we're talking about your family a lot and you guys are obviously invested in the cleveland area so Mm -hmm. where is your go-to place uh to eat or just go hang out with your family in cleveland uh mitchell's definitely uh mitchell's is uh the family favorite uh anytime there's something to celebrate or a job well done it's it's straight to mitchell's and and the the kids for some reason like the sorbet there (laughs) but i'm uh i'm a big uh chocolate fudge brownie guy and and uh the waffle cones there are pretty good too so so borderline angling for an endorsement i'm not fighting that if it were to happen All right. Um, what is a hobby of yours outside of the rink and hockey? Just something other than hockey that you like doing? I love to play golf when I can. I I'm trying to get my boys into it so I have an excuse to go take them to the course <laughs> and get them out of the house because it's uh, you know a little bit time consuming. But you know if I have a little bit of downtime and can get out and, and go play golf, I enjoy that. Just enjoy getting out for for date nights too with the wife. It's you know hectic around our house a lot of times with different activities and school and things like that. So when we can uh, get away ourselves and it's always a, a good night all right and last one who inspired you to be a goalie ah that's a good question huh? i don't know if there's any inspiration my favorite goalie growing up was felix Pavin. Uh, he had a cool nickname felix the cat oh, yeah. he had cool, <laughs> cool pads mask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had the whole thing going on so you know my parents definitely never pushed me in in that direction it was something where um and didn't step on the ice or start playing ice hockey till i was probably seven or eight years old so i tried the first year i threw on the pads a couple times and for some reason was drawn to, to that position and uh, stuck with that ever since but nobody really pushed me towards that in any direction it was something that I was just excited to try and, and uh, keep going with I'm going to give you one more question, which we can either <laughs> add in the shootout or, yeah. or no, not. But uh, you, it, very good shootout so far. We're going to go to a fourth <laughs> round. You but. mentioned uh, the pads and the mask, but obviously masks are starting, paint jobs on the masks mm-hmm. are starting to really step up a lot. So is there any ones that stands out that you see, whether it's one of yours that you've had done or one of the guys I know Tarasov used to have a nice stinger on his yeah. mask. Uh, Kivy had the joker and everything. Is there any mm-hmm. mask that stands out to you? Uh, I, I really liked your – you had a – 
Cleveland sports. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. yeah. Which that was, was a good sweet. one. Not to sound, I'm not the most creative guy. So like every year, I was like, oh, I gotta design a mask here. So I think there was you know one year I think we did a fan contest. I was like, oh, let's just throw it to, to the fans, yeah, see what we can go. do. And and uh, but the. The Cleveland sports one was definitely a fun, uh, fun one to have. Who was on there? Like Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey, Jim, Jim, Brown, Jim Brown, and yeah. LeBron. LeBron, so. <laughs> not bad. That's some Cleveland Those three guys there. and Brad Teeson. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. There you go. Uh, another bonus question here. Shootout, excellent. No hesitation. Great job. But bonus question. I get mm-hmm. this one from the fans uh, once in a while. Your Twitter handle, yeah. oh, yeah. goalie 39 <laughs> Just tell us about that because the fans want to know, is that self-deprecating? Where would that uh, come from? It's, uh, it's kind of a little bit uh, throwback back to the college days because when uh, you go into I think most of the time – it was it was a lot of the ranks, but in Boston University, any, I was a big uh, you know lift my mask up and take a drink of water. But you got the student section right behind you, so uh, every time I uh, lift up my mask to get a drink of water, the whole student section would yell "ugly goalie" and oh. chant it at me the whole time. So I decided to carry it on. You got to own it. That's Just right. own it. Yeah, it's the best way to avoid it. Just take it out on. Yeah. Well, great stuff, Tease. That's uh, about all the time we yeah. have, man. But uh, absolute it. pleasure to catch up with you, and thanks for taking the time. And it's just been great working with you over the years as a player and great to continue that on into this new phase of your career so thank you very much hey pleasure being on all right thank you all right that's brad teeson this is the monsters i view podcast presented by prop swap we'll take a quick break and wrap things up next Well, that was fun. Brad Tease and uh, wide-ranging convo there, Nicole. We're back on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here, and PropSwappers are cashing in. Find the best odds on PropSwap when you buy directly from other bettors. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. We covered a lot of ground. We talked about family. We talked about the different areas of the industry he's exploring, his transition away from playing. I don't think there's anything we missed. No, we threw him a couple extra rounds in the shootout but just couldn't help it that's how easy it is to talk to him but he just gave us some stuff and we had to keep going so he did a great job yeah that was a lot of fun uh we've got a lot of great guests coming up the rest Mm -hmm. of the season on the monsters eye view podcast but before we say so long just want to remind you guys please subscribe and listen to the monsters eye view podcast presented by prop swap wherever you get your podcast you can also find it right there on clevelandmonsters.com so uh we look forward to a lot of great future guests we look forward to the monsters hitting the road now for four straight games a lot of hockey left we're just over halfway through the season so uh, that means a lot of uh, more great conversations on the monsters i view podcast so nicole thanks for everything great work again this week and uh thanks for taking brad what five rounds deep into the shootout there yes thank you we'll see you again soon all right that's nicole del Villano. i'm tony brown our thanks again to brad teeson for joining us thanks for listening as well this is the monsters i view podcast presented by prop swap see you next time